hey, Living Streams. Uh, I'm sitting here with my friend Dalton Davis. Hello. And uh, Dalton normally is behind the scenes, but here he is yep. in front of the scenes, I guess. I don't yeah. know. In front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and we are doing this podcast because uh, we're in a series uh, called our Credo series. And just Latin for I believe. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the major tenets of the faith, the major things that we believe in. Right. And, um, and because of that, we figured just a supplemental podcast between these things, because here's, here's my notes from Sunday morning. I talked about probably like 30% of this. Yep. And then in the back of my brain, I've got like 80 more percent right. of this. I don't know how it's that a common, works out. That's like a common thing. Yes. I feel like with you specifically. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read a lot of things and uh -huh. I've heard a lot of things. So there's kind of a lot that goes into these, especially this series. Mm -hmm. And um, and this last week, talking about the discernment of truth, it's such a big, big topic. Mm -hmm. And I touched on a few things, but right. we thought, hey, let's do a podcast. And I promised everybody on Sunday, which committed us to it, right. <laughs> uh, let's do a little longer form podcast mm -hmm. to really let some of these ideas breathe. Right. Uh, so Dalton's here to hang out and sip bubbly water and yeah. ask me questions and all of that. Yeah. So here we are. This yes. is it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of diving into like what you were preaching on uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, kind of this idea of like uh, discerning truth, right? So yeah. right before the camera started, um, something like piqued my interest, which was like this idea that we kind of all, even if you don't worship like God, like we do or Jesus, we all kind yeah. of subscribe to a belief system. So For in sure. discerning truth, like what do you think is like uh, uh, in finding truth, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. like, yeah. is that like a, is, does she touch on that topic at all about oh, like, yeah. yeah. For sure. About, yeah. Like, even if you're not explicitly like, oh, I worship whatever uh, alt alternative yes. God, you yeah. know, from Jesus, which we worship, like what, you know, what people subscribe to as far as their yeah. uh, I ideologies and yeah. stuff like that. I think that, you know, um, like th this book uh, Dalton was talking about, we, we've been reading this as a teaching team, um, Nancy Piercy's excellent, and uh, this is five principles for unmasking atheism, secularism, and other God substitutes, yeah. which I love that last one. <laughs> um, and she talks about how uh, ultimately, when you're pursuing truth, and I've seen this a lot in my life, mm -hmm. when you pursue truth, you inevitably end up at the doorstep of Jesus. Right. You just have to. And Jesus even says about himself, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So right. there's something about truth that is a part of who he is. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people in my life that um, as they are pursuing something that is true eventually they find themselves in a place where they're pursuing Jesus. And and there's an old phrase uh, from church fathers. I don't even know who said it. Like, mm -hmm. it's been one of those things that's been yeah. said a lot. But all truth is God's truth. Mm. And uh, and that's not a kind of open theism sort of, yeah. oh, whatever you believe is fine. No, that's not yeah. a universalist no. sort of thing. What it means is that if something is true, and, and it's in the absolute truest sense of the, the word true, mm -hmm. Uh, that is something that belongs to God. God right. creates truth. There's something mm -hmm. about Him and the, and Jesus in particular that He embodies truth, right. which is so weird for us. We we have such an ethereal view of truth, and and especially in sort of po postmodern thought, oh, which yeah. we'll talk about, it, we're almost uncomfortable with truth. Like, oh, can there be something true? Right. And Jesus is going, no. In in your pursuit of Me and in your pursuit of truth, you will find yourself at My doorstep, mm -hmm. and. And I think when you're trying to discern whether something is true, um, 
truth, the pursuit of truth is actually a, a pretty holy endeavor, whether mm-hmm. we, we know it or not, you know? Right. And there are, there are people that in their pursuit of truth find themselves in a place where they they find Jesus, they start learning mm-hmm. more about it, and they go, this actually makes sense. Working out our own faiths. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so this is uh, a popular pop culture figure right now, but right. Uh, Jordan Peterson is one of those guys that mm-hmm. you see him as like a, he's a college professor, but right. he is a guy that wants to figure out is something true or not. You know, right. you just see him going, well, is that true? Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you see kind of him starting to teach the Bible, Though he's not a Christian, he's right. teaching the Bible, and he's going, this is actually very interesting. Mm-hmm. And he dives deep into all these different yeah. things in the Bible. Well, he you even know? goes in to say like that he actually recommends it as like a book of like morality, like general yeah. morality. Like even yes. if you don't believe in God or Jesus, you should probably just follow like like God. God is like yeah. kind of a good guy, even in the <laughs> yeah. Old Testament. Uh, he has like very, very in-depth teachings yeah. that are on YouTube actually for free if you want yeah. to. Go, he goes through Genesis and like unpacks two a and a half that. hours. Yes, and, like, yeah, no, it's, it's very dense. I've tried yeah. to watch it. It's 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 very hard to it's get incredibly through. incredibly dense. Yeah. But he's a guy that I would really say, like at his core, he's he's trying to not be as much as he right. can. Like he's trying to say objectively, is this true or not true? Right. Uh, which brings him into some pretty controversial areas these days. Yes. Um, but I, I recently watched an interview where he's talking about Jesus, and he mm-hmm. started to tear up. And you just see, and not saying, oh, he's a Christian icon, anything right. like that. He is a guy that I think represents this sort of, as you pursue truth, mm-hmm. you eventually find yourself at Jesus' doorstep, and you mm-hmm. go, I, I have to d- decide about this. Right. This is, and there's, and as Christians, sometimes I think we forget about that. Right. I think sometimes it's like, oh, we kind of take for granted, oh, yeah, Jesus said some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. and. It's so much more than that, you mm-hmm. know. Even this last Sunday, I was talking about how when you read the words of Jesus, there's like something new that you pick up mm. every time. And I've I've been following Jesus for twenty something years now, and I've been reading the Bible uh, pretty much every day since I became a Christian. Right. And there are certain stories in the Bible that I'm like, I have read this three dozen times. Yeah. But it's still sticks out as like, oh, there's some something new. It's mm-hmm. like kind of living an active word of God kind right. of thing. And I think we take that for granted. Um, you don't get that with War and Peace. You don't get that. Like you might get some new right. information from it, but you're not going to read War and Peace every day the rest of your life and right. go, oh, you know, mm-hmm. let me plumb the depths of this thing. Right. Um, and so I think in a lot of ways when in our pursuit of truth, mm-hmm. as Christians, we kind of take truth for granted. I don't know how else to say it. We yeah. kind of go, oh yeah, well, it's there. And the words yeah. of Jesus are always it's there. It's for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I think in in this series, and as we've been leaning into this a lot more, understanding what is true and what isn't true mm. in our culture, especially right now, is really important. Mm. It's really important. And we're hearing messages fly at us left and right, and things are changing on a dime. We were talking about AI before we yeah, hit record yeah. on this. Like there are so many, like there are, there are things that are happening in the news every week mm-hmm. that if I was a kid and it happened, it would like take over the news yeah. for months. Right. And now we're kind of like, oh, another earth shattering thing happened. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, AI is happening again. Yeah, you know? China's behind yet another yes. social media app. Yes, exactly. China's doing more stuff. Whatever. And yeah. Russia thing <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And there's so many, it's kind mm. of shock and awe in a lot yeah. of ways. And, um, and so as Christians, what do we have to say to that? Mm-hmm. And I think as I was coming up with this sermon, one of the things that I was pushing back against is... There's this sort of 
popular idea mm-hmm. in Christian circles right now, and especially with church leaders, and I'm in circles with church leaders, and and they're like, and, and I've said phrases like this, and I'm just rethinking them a little mm-hmm. bit, but like, oh, we got to just rise above what's going on in right. the world, and we yeah. just got to just talk about Jesus, and we don't mm-hmm. have to like dive into all this stuff. and. Right. The more I thought about it, especially in the last week, and I wrote and I wrote it down, and that was one of those points mm-hmm. in the in the sermon. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, I'm going to offend some of you right now, but there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm just not paying attention to the news because it's just so it's yeah, so discouraging. That's me, honestly. Yeah, like yeah. that. Literally, like we've talked about that. Yeah, a lot. So I'm like, totally. Well, even with David Stockton, like I remember catching up with him in the hallway. It's like so hard. I was telling him it's so hard to be apolitical right now. Yeah. And that was yeah. like the height of like you know 2020 and yes. stuff like that. And, and politics. Yeah. I mean, from 2019 till now, politics mm-hmm. is just a totally random, crazy, totally yeah. different area. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a thousand reasons that that's happened. But right. um, I think when you look at the world, mm-hmm. it's really easy to go, gosh, I just, I don't want to know because mm-hmm. it's just a lot easier for me, right. you know, to keep going. Part of me thinks, you know, there is that side. Okay. If you're paying attention to the news and you're like, I'm not reading my Bible anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep. I can talk to my family and friends yeah. about nothing but politics. Right. Some of you are out there doing yeah, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're like, I don't, I'm not sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, these are troubling right. signs. Like, hey, stop paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but the challenge on the other side is, are you not paying attention because it's poking at an idol in your life? Mm. And I got to say that on Sunday, but I didn't get to unpack it. Right. Because to me, I go... So you look at the financial situation in the mm-hmm. world right now. Uh, this is a scary stat. 40% of all dollars that are in circulation mm-hmm. right now in the world were printed since 2020. Mm-hmm. That's a massive amount of money. And it just they're just cranking out money. Right. You know? And inflation is going up and we're going, okay, but pretty soon it's going to calm down, right? You know? And I think anybody who pays attention to that stuff goes, oh, I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is going to be... This is going to be something we're going to pay for. Mm-hmm. Like you just you can't just print money right. and expect you know, and so there are people that hear that and what they think about is their four hundred one k or they think about that savings account that they've been putting money right. away every day, every mm-hmm. paycheck they've been putting money in there, trusting the system, trusting the world, going it's going to be fine. I'm right. going to get X amount of percentage return mm-hmm. on that guarantee. You know. Yeah. When you hear news like that, does that make you go, ooh, mm-hmm. that that scares me because right. I am trusting in this money mm-hmm. that's in the account. Right. And if it doesn't show up there one day, mm-hmm. or if inflation is so bad, it's actually not going to take care of me in retirement. Mm. These are things that Jesus never promised us right. were going to be there. You right. know, this, this is not God-given promises. Right. This is Bank of America promises, right. or this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and as Christians, we should innately know that. Like there yeah. should be, um, there should be something in us innately that's a little suspect of anything that the world is giving mm-hmm. us. And so, when you hear that news and it pricks your heart, mm-hmm. instead of saying, "I'm going to not pay attention because it really bums me out," sometimes it's good to ask the question, "Why is it bumming me? Yeah. Bumming me out? Yeah. You know, shouldn't that free? Shouldn't I be freed from that? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't there be part of me that's not touched by that because mm-hmm. I follow Jesus?" And it's a different system. It's a different mm-hmm. world. It's a different kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the the challenge for people when they're saying, "Oh, I don't want to pay attention," mm-hmm. is really pay attention to your heart, right? You know, 
So, yeah. yeah. Where do you think that's born out of, though? Like that mm. kind of like this idea of like um, I put a lot of trust in like systems and, and government systems and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm kind of distracted. Like where like if you could like do you is there a common thread that you've yeah. no- noticed or like what, sure. where does that usually start? I think it's um, the classic idol of America is mm-hmm. um, comfort. Yeah. Um, and reliability on a system that's been in place mm-hmm. for really historically not too long. Right. But for us, we don't know anything different. Right. So this idol- idolatry of comfort tells us, um, uh, or maybe it's a little bit of manifest destiny or whatever it is, yeah, the, these yeah. things that seep into us and we go, yeah. as Americans, this couldn't happen. And there's mm-hmm. no way. I have a little note. Uh, in here, it says the understanding the, the times, the early warning system. And I never said this, but I have the, <laughs> cu- oh, come on attitude. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, there is a prevailing thought in America mm-hmm. when somebody says, oh, the financial system might collapse mm-hmm. or China and Russia might band together and we might have mm-hmm. World War III with a nuclear power. What does that look yeah. like? There are a lot of Americans that, and I think some some of it's self protection, like they don't want to think about it because mm-hmm. it's a little too scary. Right. But they they come across as ah, come on, ah, right. I wouldn't, and there's no way, you know. Yeah. What is that attitude based on? Mm-hmm. Well, that attitude is based on the last few generations. I was about to. I was about to ask. We've had comfort. We've yeah. like the money. We put money yeah. in the account, and it's always there. Well, we have three I or mean, four percent, inter, you know, inflation. Yeah. That's what you know. Especially is. in like a, a modernist society like the '60s, where like yeah. the getting was so good, right? Yes. Like the dollar was killing it, you know, yep. and like everyone had TVs, and yep. it was the Amer- It was like. That, that nuclear family, which like, you know, not to disparage the idea of that, right? But yeah, like kind of totally. what we think about, you know, yeah. the the two kids, you yeah, know, married. Kids yeah, and dad, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, do you think like, what do you see in um, comparison of like my, like, so we've talked like we're millennials on yeah. the, probably the most like opposite ends of the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. So um like We've got what, a weird generation. Yeah, exactly. a weird generation. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, for sure. So like what um do you think there's anything good I guess two two parts to my question. Sure. Sorry. Um, yeah. One, do you think we've learned a lot of that from our, our from our forefathers and generations before yeah. baby boomers, you know, post World War II era? Mm-hmm. And then also in comparison to that, do you think there's anything to take away that's positive from maybe a later millennial to Gen Z sure. kind of era? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, yes, we picked some of this up from our forefathers for sure. Like you look at the greatest generation, Mm -hmm. they faced world war, they faced um, a financial collapse of, you know, 1929 and all that. And and really the crash of 29 was the beginning of 10 years of pain, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's like you look at the like 2020 when Mm -hmm. we have this major event that happens, we think, oh, in a couple of years, it'll be done. But Mm -hmm. History tells us it's actually the beginning of probably a decade of right. we're going to feel this, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so, of, so, of course, I think they went through something hard. Mm-hmm. They fought for freedom in a lot of ways. Or they saw, you know, uh, World War II and they mm-hmm. fought for, okay, we, we could see dictatorship. We could right. see the emergence of communism. Some right. of these things that were new, they fought it back and they mm-hmm. were like, we, we kept this thing. And there was a rebirth a little bit in the society. Mm-hmm. And societies go through these cycles all the time. So yeah. this sort of rebirth of society happens mm-hmm. at that point. 
Um, and before then, we had civil war. We had, I mean, there's all sorts of things yeah. that added up to that moment of mm-hmm. this rebirth of people going, I do appreciate America. I do appreciate freedom. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for this place. Mm-hmm. Then it moves into kind of baby boomer generation, which is mm-hmm. kind of the counter reaction to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is the emergence of postmodern thought. I mean, it's been coming for a while. Mm-hmm. There's probably a couple of decades that's leading into the 1960s that yep. postmodernism is coming around. Right. But what we don't really fully appreciate is between the 1950s and 1960s, there's a change that happens in society that hadn't happened since like 1500, you know, like right. that's, a, that's a long, a long time, right. you know, we're talking this 400 and something year cycle mm-hmm. that when we hit, um, you know, modern modernism, the very beginning of it is the reformation, right. this whole, we're, we're taking the Bible back, yep. which we think is like, oh, okay, what, you know, what's right. that? Yeah. What a big deal, you know, but no big deal. No, it's a huge deal. Right. Like pulling it out of the hands of just a handful of people and going, mm-hmm. everybody can read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, it's this really big counter reaction that people started to feel like, can can humans have that much freedom? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. which of course is coming from the people in power mostly. Right. Um, and we went through a whole new rebirth that led us into art, and it led us into, I right. mean, architecture and art. All that mm-hmm. we study is is right in the the backside of the Reformation. Oh, yeah. And this age of enlightenment and all yep. of the things that are going on in science and art and, mm-hmm. and culture is coming together. And mm-hmm. you would really look at it as like the 19, like 40s and 50s. It's like the modern man, right. you know, yep. like mankind can mm-hmm. go to the moon. Yep. Mankind could build that. Like yeah, we could build yeah. the tallest skyscraper in the world. Yeah. We're not held bound by anything, you know. Right. And it's it's a beautiful mindset in so many mm-hmm. ways, you know. Um, it, it's It's created this sort of like... Uh, you know, mankind took so much ground in mm-hmm. that time between 1500 to 1960s. Right. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. But then in the 1960s, this major shift happens and people are going, well, yeah, mankind can do that. Mm-hmm. But there's this sort of snarky sort of like, but yeah, this they're also taking us to war. And yeah, they're also right. doing this. And then Vietnam's going on. And right. this counter reaction that mm-hmm. happens um, in kind of a, a comfortable generation that was mm-hmm. sitting after the greatest generation. And it really tips us into postmodernism. Mm-hmm. And postmodernism is saying, okay, well, yeah, mankind could do anything, but who cares? We, what we really need is just to be free-spirited mm-hmm. and you do your thing. Like, right. I'm not going to try to impose anything on you. Mm-hmm. And so this sort of sensitivity in culture that hadn't really existed right. starts to emerge, that we are like saturated in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard for us. Like, my my son, Toby, will be like, oh, that's cringy. And I'm like, yeah. that is directly a postmodern thought that's yeah. leaking into you right now. Like, yeah, yeah. this whole idea of, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Right. And I don't, like, that just, you know, in the age of enlightenment, that was, everything was talking mm-hmm. with people who didn't agree with you and go, let's find some common ground. Mm-hmm. And so what, what happened in postmodernism is we started to break people out into groups and we go, oh, you belong to that group. Right. So that's how you think. Mm-hmm. You're a Republican, so that's how you think. And you're mm-hmm. a Democrat, so that's how you think. Right. And it even leaks into race and gender. You're a woman, so this is what you should believe. Right. And you're black, and this is what you should believe. Right. And that is, has been seeping into our culture for a long time. Mm-hmm. But what it does is it really, the counter reaction to that mm-hmm. is confusion. The counter reaction to that is like, we don't know what to believe anymore. Mm-hmm. If your truth is your truth and right. you say this table doesn't exist, yeah. like, oh, who am I to step on your right, truth? You right. go, 
we have lost all grounding in mm-hmm. reality. And, um, and I think in the, the postmodern thought starts to really break down. Mm-hmm. And with the internet and everything else, like with ideas flying around as fast as they've been flying around the mm-hmm. last 20 years, eventually people are going to go, that mindset is a little crazy. Like, <laughs> well, I, I can't say there's no truth because there, there is a book here and there is a right. table here. Like, um, and so I think that affected culture a ton, mm-hmm. but it seeped into the church in a huge way. So right. we started kind of de-emphasizing things like, I don't want to make you offended, you right. know? And I've been lately really thinking through, you know, becoming a Christian in the 90s, thinking through like, what did we do wrong in the 90s and 2000s? Right. Because yeah. there was a significant, like we adapted this postmodern thought. Mm-hmm. We started this like emergent church movement yeah, yeah. where some of it was great, you yeah. know, but some of it was like eventually you just start, like a lot of those leaders eventually just threw the Bible out right. completely because yeah. well, life it was, was all, all to, you know. Exactly. And it was all to draw people in, right? Yes. I, yeah. I mean, that's yes. my personal belief. Um, yep. And we can get into a little bit of this because this is kind of exciting. But yeah, we I think like... We what we want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think like that 90s, early 2000s, I mean... I started going to church in like mm, 2006. Seriously, yeah. Like that sounds funny to say, probably yeah. to you yeah, because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so like, yeah. yeah. But no, no, um, no, no, yeah. but uh, I mean, even then, right? Like it was still like we were getting into this like no. I feel like just my personal opinion, this no man's land of like what works for uh, you know evangelism and stuff yeah. like that. So you had a lot of like. Uh, the Lifehouse skits and stuff like that to <laughs> yes. like pull on the heartstrings. And yes. where I'm from, you know, um, it, more so in the Deep South, you have like this idea of like hell houses, right? You're like not a from Halloween. Phoenix. Right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm from Oklahoma <laughs> City. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, but you have this like these ideas. Oh, I've never been to one, but like the hell houses, right? Around Halloween, like we're going to yeah. literally scare kids into not going to hell. Yes. Yep. Which is like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I never really connected. Like, we've kind of borrowed this idea of like postmodernism and like an evangelical emergent church, right? Yes. Where we're like, we need to get people, right? Yes. And maybe the the uh, maybe the sentiment was like good, right? Yeah. But I think we're starting to see a lot of the fruit of that now. I mean, within the yeah. past five years, right? Like yeah. deconstructionism is like a whole topic, and yes. you have ideas around purity culture and stuff like that. Because yeah. once we gather all these people and kind of uh, facetiously trick them into yes. believing in Jesus. Yeah. Like, okay, like, how are we going to disciple them? Right. Yes, totally. yeah. <laughs> so, which like now I'm going through my own discipleship process. I'm like, this looks wildly different than what yeah. I was taught in youth group or whatever. So yes, I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts well, on and that? I think it's funny because it seems a little bit, so there's a little bit of modernism mm-hmm. seeping in there as a counter reaction to postmodernism, which is interesting because yeah. you think about the, the hell house, for example, right. like this is classic, like, modern man, right. I can control this. If right. I just do this, then yeah. I'm going to make them believe this, you right. know. And that is really not an idea you see anywhere. I mean, Jesus, uh, I was talking to the staff about this mm-hmm. recently, but um, Jesus, when he had a huge crowd in front of him, mm-hmm. and, and this happens pretty often, Jesus has this huge crowd in front of him, and you would think this is the height of his ministry. Like, right. And sort of our generation of church leaders, like, mm-hmm. this is your moment. Like, mm-hmm. this is your moment to give the best sermon ever. Right. To like, and if he wants to preach the gospel, mm-hmm. this is the moment to make it super clear. Right. And Jesus stands in front of the thousands of people and he says, a farmer sowed seed. 
and he threw some on the ground here and and it didn't grow and this uh, mm-hmm. and, you know the the weeds choked it out and right. in the over here it grew and it produced a hundredfold he doesn't even explain what that is right it doesn't explain like what he's talking mm-hmm. about and he says he has eyes to eat, see let him see and he yeah. has ears to yeah. hear let him hear and then he walks off stage and you're like yeah. basically he's like if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Yeah. And then what's crazy is later on, he told the disciples, he's like, yeah, I was talking in parables because I really wanted to like make sure that they were mm. pursuing truth like that. Right. And, and they were confused mm. by it. And he's like, great. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for, you know. Yeah. And this is so contrary to the let's convince them into heaven. Yeah. Let's, you know, it's very different than our current way of doing church, which is mm. a, a little bit of a side note in terms of this pursuing of truth. But um it's very different than let's just present the gospel right? and let's present it not as the quick fix to make your mm-hmm. life better, mm-hmm. but we have to communicate to, to people, you're sacrificing a lot. You're mm-hmm. giving up your life for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, what you get in return is greater, and we're followers of Jesus, and we'll tell, we're, we're telling you, trust right. us, it's better than mm-hmm. what, what you're giving up. But at the same time... Like our job is not to, like people, and, and even Jesus, this is what's so shocking about Jesus, is his job is not to make people decide about him. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Right. You know, he presents them with, here's what it is. Right. And if you get it, and if you see it, and if mm-hmm. you have eyes to see it, great. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, again, it's kind of this like modernism seeping into it, and maybe just because the church is slow and adapting yeah. some of these things. But so that modernism was still like running into the church and probably a lot more uh, maybe in the South, maybe it lingered right. a little bit longer. On West Coast, the West Coast though, like I got saved here in Arizona and... Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was a postmodernism that was seeping into the culture right around in the church culture in the 90s, which would make sense. Right. The church is like 30 years behind culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether good or bad, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's just kind of the way it is. Um, so then you, you start to see the emergent church, mm-hmm. and the emergent church kind of happening at the same time as... Um, uh, oh my gosh, what's Bill Hybels' church? Why am I drawing a blank? Anyway, Hybels Church in 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 mm-hmm. New York, yeah, or in uh, in Chicago, yeah. um, and there's all these churches that are like seeker sensitive. Right. They're putting on more of a, like a big production for people, right. um, and then you have on the other side, sort of these uh, the emergent church people that are going doing the same thing. If if we're being honest, mm-hmm. they're de-emphasizing truth so that they can hang out with people on the streets. And right. they're talking more about justice, which people in the mm-hmm. world go, oh, I like that too. You know, right. both of them were trying to carve off pieces of Christianity mm-hmm. that they thought made it more palatable for people. Right. And they were looking for people to go, oh, wow, actually, this does make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I actually right. do believe that, right. you know? Um, but when you see Jesus t- talking and preaching and you see Paul preach, like, they're not trying to say, hey, let's carve out some pieces you don't like. Mm. They're just, they're just never doing that. Right. Um, but they are abandoning themselves for the gospel mm-hmm. and they're sacrificing a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's sticking out to people. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but there were people physically, you know, in Acts when he preaches the gospel to people, right. there were people that were there that saw Jesus resurrected and they were like, I, I'm already convinced. Yeah. I saw it happen. So can you tell right. me what to do here? You know? Right. 
So it's a different, different. I mean, people love to point to Acts too and say, let's just go back to that. You know, right. it's not so simple, but, um, but I do think as I'm looking back at the past season, uh, there is a lot of sacrifice of truth and not just like from the conservative perspective, even on kind of the liberal perspective, like on both sides, you're mm-hmm. like either one of you, whether it's a seeker sensitive in a wealthy neighborhood right. or a justice oriented, like we're going to mm-hmm. like, we're not going to, we're going to de-emphasize the Bible and talk Engaging more about ju- social yeah, justice yeah. and yep. things like that. Yep. They were both diving into postmodernism, whether they were aware of it or not. Right. And they were going, we don't want to make uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. We, Your truth is your truth. And maybe some of our truth can leak into your truth. And then eventually mm. you might get yep. around us enough that you become Christian. Right. Exactly. And it, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I mean, Nathan and I had a conversation, Nathan on our team this morning, and uh, we were talking about church leadership and, you know, his history working with Hillsong and, and me doing Outcry and some mm-hmm. of those things. It's like, we saw some of the baby boomer leadership things that fell apart. Mm. And at some point, their idea was not really, like they started to get clouded and going, well, mm. I'm not trying to bring you the gospel. I'm trying to get better book sales next time. Oh, and I'm yeah. trying to, yeah. you know, like... Right. And again, all of this happens, like if I, if I stand, and I realize this on Outcry, if I stand in front of everybody and I go, Jesus is awesome, isn't he great? And everyone goes, yeah, and they yeah, cheer. Yeah. If I stand in front of everybody I, and I go, where are you, mm. where are you like pursuing idols in yeah. your life? Are you idolizing money? Yeah. You really shouldn't. It's going to hurt you. Which is like a nice way to say it, right? Yes, like, it's a nice way to say it. Yeah, yeah. Are you greedy? Yeah, yeah. Are you greedy and hoping we in your money? Say, oh, I idolize Jesus, yes. which is like. Uh, justifiable, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and as a and as a speaker, I understand that like the temptation there. Like this mm-hmm. last Sunday was not an applause Sunday. It was like a you could hear a pin drop in the mm-hmm. room Sunday. Yeah. And everything in me wants to get to like, oh, let's soften the room. Let's soften this. Yeah. Let's joke. Let's laugh a little mm-hmm. bit. And but um, but I also think it's a disservice. So th- th- coming full circle, this is mm. I think in the church. What, as we're pursuing truth, it's inevitably in this sort of postmodern saturated culture, it's inevitably going to push us into a place that we're not only offending people, um, but we're inviting people's anger onto us. Mm. And we're not trying to do that. We're not going out of our way. There's those Mm -hmm. people that like go to the pro-choice rallies and they just wear the most like heinous thing. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But when you simply hold fast to things that are true mm-hmm. and you, as a church leader, are trying to lead your congregation in that, because there, there are people in the room that I might say, hey, um, transgender ideology has mm-hmm. crossed some bad lines lately. And this is not just us going, um, we're caring for people with gender dysphoria. That, that's a thing. We should right. care for people with gender dysphoria. Yes. But when we see this this leaking into our kids and our school and the the Christians that are trying to live and let live and let's just like I don't want to I don't want to rock the boat at right. all, it's becoming harder and harder to do that. And as a parent, like my kids right now, mm-hmm. it got to the point where I was going, I need to take them out and put them into Christian school. Mm-hmm. And I think 1990s and early 2000s, Ryan would be like, "No, stay in the stay in the culture, like right. you know, yeah, yeah. be missional in your culture." Yeah, yeah. And I just had a realization. I'm like, well, it's one thing if I expect to be missional in my life, 
or if I expect, expect my kids to be missional toward right. their friends. Okay. Right, exactly. But to expect them to do that to the authority figures in their life and in second grade is not, it's not wise. Mm. This is not wise. And wisdom tells me as a parent that there is a difference between being missional and putting my kids in a place where they're going to be indoctrinated in something that I deeply disagree with, mm-hmm. that I actually think is going to cause them pain right. and a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. And th- these are, this is one example in a thousand in the times that we live in where churches are starting to go, well, the tactic of not bothering people with it or making it seeker sensitive or really impressing you with a great show mm-hmm. or like we see the failures of that. Like it, it just, yeah. it didn't well, it's work. Lots of Celestia, right? And we, yeah. we talked a lot about kind of the internet and Gen Z and, and that kind of thing. And, um, I think the, I think the thing that I'm seeing with, um, like take your most like stereotypical Gen Z, you know, like, yeah. um, they might like, uh, communicate in meme language, right? Sure, yeah. Your son with like, <laughs> yeah. that's cringe, right? Yeah, so and I like, that's cringe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, meme. Yeah, yeah, vibe, for sure, yes, for sure. Yeah. But the one thing that Gen Z is pretty good at is spotting fakes. Yes. Immediately. Yep. Right? And uh, I think it's because, like, just a, we were talking in your office, I think last week, like, you know, as millennials growing up with the internet, it was just fun all the time. It was a place to just have like fun and yeah. overshare on Facebook and post your, yeah. you know, your lunch on Twitter or whatever. And then we're starting to see it like <laughs> evolve into like, you know, uh, whatever fake news being spread on Twitter. And sure. then like it, there starts to be like serious consequences to it, right? Sure. Whether yeah. it's the detriment of us or not. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah. like there's serious actions, right? Like sure. people are getting super upset that Elon joke jokingly was going to buy Twitter. He actually had <laughs> he to actually do it. did it. Now yeah. Twitter's horrible. Yeah. And yeah. yeah like, like there's consequences to like sure. kind of like just like there was no, to me, there was like no other way to go but like this kind of dependency on the internet, right? Yes. So like yeah. millennials, you know, growing up having fun with the internet and then it changed, right? Yeah. Um, and then now I think what Gen Z, like, because they can spot fakes so easily and they, yeah. they're just like desperate for truth. Yeah. I think that's why we're seeing such a, like whether it makes you um, annoyed or not, like the deconstructionist kind of, yeah. uh, you know, TikTok videos about like how like purity culture like sure. ruined my marriage now that sure. I'm an adult or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, which are yeah. all valid yeah. stories, right? Yeah. But like, I think what we're seeing is the fruit of so much catering and so much like, I don't know how to articulate it, sure. so much, um, maybe you can help me. Yeah, yeah, But like yeah. so yeah. much of like, almost too much of a good thing, right? Yes. And then now there are serious consequences. So we're seeing Absolutely. Gen Z start to react to that, yes. right? Which yep. we like to think Gen Z is like the most snowflakey, right? Like yes. I'm using like um, hot button sure, terms sure, like sure. that you see yeah, on Twitter yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really like I see Gen Z's like as a generation, like especially the the followers of Jesus coming out of Gen Z, like yeah. they don't want, like they want the Bible. They want it. Yes. They don't want. And I think they that don't brings want us secular to, songs. They exactly. don't want Coldplay in church. Yes, like exactly. they really don't. They don't. You know? No, no. Yeah. And I think that brings us into like. So I think that there's a new season that's upon us, mm-hmm. and um, and I've been diving into this a lot on YouTube, getting a YouTube education on mm-hmm. it, which sometimes is good, sometimes is bad, but um. 
There's a new sort of movement happening that people are, are naming metamodernism. Right. So this is post postmodernism. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like a we're figuring this out. Yeah. Metamodernism is kind of defined by a, a culture that doesn't really take itself too seriously. Right. Uh, so that you know they post these memes that are like low quality. That's like right. that's what they do. Like yeah. and that's the the aesthetic that they're trying to they're trying yeah. to avoid fancy aesthetic, but yeah, yeah. walking into a new aesthetic, exactly. which we've talked yeah. about. But yep. uh, that's design nerdy uh, conversation. But um, but really, there there's this kind of counter reaction to postmodernism mm-hmm. that's interesting, and we're we're all kind of watching it play out. So, I would even say like I I mildly disagree with you that Twitter is mm-hmm. worse now with Elon. <laughs> I think yeah. that what it is is it's completely open and unfettered, mm-hmm. and so I think metamodernism. This is what's so strange is it's a mixture of postmodernism mm-hmm. where we they go okay, well we don't like to have um, deep like theology disagreements and things mm. like that. It still seems to be a postmodern thought that's leaping, leaking into this next generation. Um, they are far more comfortable talking about uh, transgenderism or things like that, that the older generation was really uncomfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. But then you bring up following Jesus or religion in, mm-hmm. in this secular, the newer, newer secular age, they're kind of like, ooh, I still am uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is still postmodern thought leaking into it. Right. But there is a a new sort of strain. Metamodernism is also this incorporation of modernism into postmodernism, right. and even pre-modern modernism. <laughs> so it's like this full circle where they're going. There are so many opinions. Mm-hmm. So Twitter is because they kind of opened up the the boundary conditions of mm-hmm. speech. It's like. Mm-hmm. Anything can be said on it within reason. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you're, not, you're not hearing death threats and things like that, but pretty much compared to everything mm-hmm. else, it's pretty open. The reaction against that is we have to know what's true. Like we can't, mm-hmm. we can't, and, and people throw around the phrases like misinformation or disinformation. Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize is it's a counter reaction to postmodernism is mm-hmm. what they're asking for. Right. They're going all truth can't be truth. Like we, we right. are so chaotic on the inside of our soul mm-hmm. that we need somebody to tell us what's true or not. Right. Which we've been experiencing at Living Streams on yeah. the positive side where mm-hmm. people, Gen Z's coming here and going, don't, don't lie to me. Don't yeah. like sugarcoat it. Don't right. just tell me what's going on in the world. Mm. Tell me how to sift through it. Yeah. Tell me what's true. Tell me what's not true. Even if I don't agree with you, it's mm-hmm. refreshing for me to hear some clarity. Mm-hmm. I think on the other side, Without that, when people aren't going to the church for that, they're going, please, media and government, just control what's being said so that I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about right. whether it's true or not. Like that, mm-hmm. I, and, and I don't have to sift through 8 million different perspectives mm-hmm. on this. I could just kind of go to this one perspective that's trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think that leads to some dangerous places because, again, that, that these people in government are somehow higher than us or they understand more than us. Right. I think it's kind of like, well, you're just, you're, you're relying on humans again right. to try yeah. to make your life easier mm-hmm. and to, to edit this out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're really, and, and, and it's the technological age that we are in, we are left to sift through a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways we can, 
Um, and there's a lot more about metamodernism oh, yeah. that's interesting. You know, it's very interesting. There's so many, like, it's this mixture of postmodern, uh, I almost said theology. Actually, in some ways, it is kind of kind Well, that's theology. what you had said, yeah. right? You're like, there's yeah. almost a rejection of discussion of theology. And it's like, well, depends on what you, I guess you define as theology, yes. right? Because yeah. there could be a secular theology that you yes. subscribe to, this idea yeah. that, you know. So then that leaves yeah. us with, so as Christians, we're not immune from this. So we, mm-hmm. we hear the noise, we hear what's going on. Some voices are telling us, just shut out the noise. Mm-hmm. Some voices are saying, well, just pay attention to this part of the noise, mm-hmm. the right or the left side of the noise, or right. whatever. Um, I think, honestly, there is an, an in-between that we're to walk that's a little more messy. Explain that. So, like you and I were talking about uh, the the idea that... So so a lot of people right now, and, and I don't mean to chuckle at it, because I think for some people this is really true. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we talk about this in the podcast, the, the two different people? Did we talk about this before we hit record, or... Two different people. I'm like, not sure. Okay, all right. So just explain it. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a couple of people that I see right now in the world. Uh-huh. One is the people that are saying, I don't I don't want to pay attention mm-hmm. um, because it's just too sad and yeah. it's just too hard. Yes. And so and and I and I and I get that to some extent, you know, and we talk about mental health and mm-hmm. our church, we care about mental health. And there is like a level of, hey, right. uh, don't dive into that too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the pay attention to yourself on why you're asking that is so important. Yeah. So why are you uncomfortable right. hearing what's going on? Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the things people just don't want to hear, not even just the two opinions about it, or mm-hmm. I don't even know if I could sift through the, like the, the, the truth versus the, the untruth. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of it is just the things that we all know is true and we all know is happening. And people are going... I can't, I can't drag myself to pay attention to it, mm. you know. And my, my challenge to us this last Sunday is, why is that, you know? Um, what is it inside mm. of you that's reacting against mm-hmm. it? And that is the thing that is so important. And the, the phrase that I used, which Alec really was the one that brought this, and yeah. I love this phrase, but he talked about when... Um, Jesus invited Peter to walk on the water. Right. And he says, come come out to me. You know? mm-hmm. And Jesus, when he first shows up, there's a storm going on. Right. The disciples think he's a ghost. Like they're yeah, like, yeah. they're everyone's like, I don't know what the heck is yeah, going yeah. on. Like, talk about chaos. You don't understand what's happening. Right. Um, and Jesus says, Come, come walk out mm-hmm. to me. Um, none of the other disciples, they're all just like, Yeah, right. Like, I could mm-hmm. sense them, like I could picture them just like, I'm just gripping onto this bolt boat and like trying not to fall out. Yeah. Like I'm Maybe not gonna... thankful that they're not the yes, ones they're called... like pretending they didn't hear him say that yeah, or something, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Peter, you know, has this sort of beautiful childlikeness mm. in his faith and he goes, Okay, I'm gonna come out to you, you know. Mm. And he starts walking on the waves and what Jesus doesn't do is he doesn't calm the wet waves. Right. He doesn't go, let me make this water real glassy mm-hmm. for you and like look at you like a baby and go, right, come on, right. come on, Peter, you got yeah, it, you yeah. got it. He just goes, come out to me, you know. And Peter walks on the waves and he walks on the chaos. And and I think as followers of Jesus, when we look at the things that, and again, separating maybe the noise of postmodernism, the noise of all the different mm-hmm. opinions about things, mm-hmm. um, Things that we know are fact. There's a war going on in Ukraine. Uh, Russia and America, there are tensions rising between Mm -hmm. the two nations. And Russia and China are getting together a lot more. We're going, okay, we know that's going on. Financial things, like we were talking about. There are financial things going on that are 
different than we've ever experienced throughout history. Mm-hmm. And for people paying attention, we should be like, hey, pay attention to this. Yeah, yeah. Be, be concerned about this mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. Um, but there are the Christians that tread on that chaos and they go, I know those things are happening and mm-hmm. I'm still fine. Yeah. You know? I, I don't lose any sleep about it. Right. I hear about this thing that's going on and, and, and I know that Jesus said, there's wars and rumors of wars. Right. Like we we f- say that phrase like it doesn't mean anything. Right, yeah. But now we're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And to say, what if we went to war with a nuclear power? And the more we think about what that means, many of us emotionally are like, can't handle that. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I can't that's handle that. That's, just that's too quite much. literally me. It's just too much. Yeah. And I do think, and, and I get that. I totally get it. Um, but I think the challenge for us in this season is mm-hmm. can we look at that and can we... Can we look at that and say, Lord, help me to un- unwind or pull my root system out of the world a little bit more? Mm. Because I've been operating out of, out of this, ah, come on attitude, or right. maybe it's the American pride attitude that I, I'm sorry, I think it's hitting liberal or conservative. It doesn't matter yeah. when you're in America, when you have this mindset that says that could never happen here, mm-hmm. it is a false comfort. Mm-hmm. And if something changes, it won't help you. <laughs> that is like that mindset is not something that will help you. Mm-hmm. So what does help you? Well, having a kingdom first mindset helps mm-hmm. you because you go, hey, no matter what happens, I'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. No matter what's going on. And mm-hmm. for those of us that are parents, that's mm-hmm. the extra hard. I look at my, my mm-hmm. kids and I go, man... I'm so sorry. You're inheriting a world that's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to be tough, but I, I get a sense it's going to be yeah. really tough for you. Um, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I look at Christians. I, I spent some time in, um, in China, and, and I remember the underground church in China. So, like, especially at this time, it's kind of early 2000s. This was before. It's gotten a lot worse lately. Right. But there was kind of an openness. Like, the, the church was allowed to do church things. Right. But you had to register with the government, and they had to kind of sign off on what right. you were doing. And, and if they did, then you're free to do whatever. Right. Um, the group that I was working with, they were not free to do with it, whatever. They mm-hmm. were underground, and um, and they were up on the they were up on the tenth story of this big building in uh, Guangzhou, uh, which is near uh, Wuhan. And uh, I actually flew through Wuhan before anybody cared what Wuhan was. Yeah. Um, but they're on the tenth floor, and they had cameras on the first floor. And they had desks that they were studying the Bible on. And if they saw, like, um, government officials coming in on the first floor, they knew they had 10 floors because they didn't have an elevator. They had 10 floors to get everything set up. And they had their Bibles glued to tables that they would rotate. And they had bowls glued on the other side. And then they would start throwing food into it. And they'd start making... So by the time the guy got to the 10th floor, (laughs) they were like, oh, we're just cooking up here, you know? Um, and why do I say that? Well, they, those church leaders were not getting 401ks. Right. They were not getting paid to do mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were working side jobs, and they were so dedicated to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the kind of American mindset says, mm-hmm. oh, well, that sounds terrible. Oh, you yeah. don't, you're not getting paid? That <laughs> right. sounds really hard. Right. That must be hard on your mental health and some other things like that. And I think on the contrary, when you see them, you go, there's something more real about that church than yeah. my church. Like they, they are 
not only believing it, Mm -hmm. but they've already resigned in their mind, I might go to prison. I might die. I might go to prison for the rest of my life and who knows what's going to happen to me in there. They've already surrendered their life. Mm -hmm. And so they're going, well, what else do I have to lose at this point? You know? Americans have yet to go through something like that, you know, and a lot of people in the West, I don't mean to just poke at Americans, but Western culture in general, Mm -hmm. we've had such a level of comfort that... Yeah, there's a threshold. I think it was threshold of, I can't remember where I heard it from, but threshold of like uncomfortability, right? So like we make comparisons. Uh, I think most of the time they're fair. I think sometimes, you know, like people legitimately go through like hard times in America, right? A hundred percent. There are poor people in America. There are people that go through really difficult times. For sure. But death and family, all of these things, it's not to minimize that sort of pain. Absolutely. But but when you, you know, make a uh, comparison, like the congruency of like their threshold for uncomfortability right here, it's probably something like, um, like my card doesn't work on Apple Pay and <laughs> yeah. I had to get my wallet out and yeah. it was really annoying. You yes, know, like yeah, I, yeah. it yep. can sometimes be unfair because like you can just strike that kind of like argument, you know, to yes. uh, in the spectrum. But I think it really is a, a product. I, I, I just really I really do think it was just kind of going back to like the the comfortability that we've been sold as Americans, American dream, right? Nuclear family, that comfortability that we've just grown so used to because of thriving times of Mm. post-war era, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, maybe maybe we need to be more open to the idea of America maybe not being the greatest empire (laughs) on the face of the planet. And maybe it's someone else, which is scary to a lot of people, I know, especially... Well, there's you little know, moments, you know, yeah. I was listening to Anthony Blinken from, you know, our secretary of state and he said, you know, I, I call Saudi Arabia every other week and I tell them like, they need to legalize gay marriage and they need to like push LGBTQ rights. And I was going, wow. Okay. So this is America. This is what America's pushing mm-hmm. and other countries are going, no, like, and it's funny because even European countries are going, you guys have gone a little too far. Like mm-hmm. I don't, we're, we're not following you there, mm-hmm. you know. And there are these these moments where I turned to my wife and I was like, kind of think we're we're in the wrong here. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. we are foisting a weird morality on other mm-hmm. countries right now. Like that's strange and that's mm-hmm. new. And you know, these are all things that as Christians we have to become a little more comfortable talking about because we go, these are mm-hmm. little, like I, I, I call them little early warning signals. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we should, we should really pay attention to this. And, mm-hmm. and there are times where like creating some clarity is mm-hmm. always so important. So for yeah. me, a, a question that brings clarity is this. If for whatever reason our government turned radically against Christianity. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you go to church, and I'm not talking about COVID, I'm not talking about anything. Now, just on a, on a, the religion of the state versus Christianity. Mm -hmm. If they said, you go to church, I'm going, we're going to arrest you. Would you go, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, and maybe it's just me, but there's a stubbornness in me that goes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like if, and it's not just going to church, it's this if somebody asks me, you know, do you believe in Jesus? Mm-hmm. And if you say no, you get to live and you have a great life. If you say yes, then you go to prison, you know. This is not, again, the pride of Americans. This is not unique. Like, this is not a, like, 
This has happened many, 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 many times throughout history. Mm-hmm. There's been many Christians that stood in front of people and knowing that it's the death penalty mm-hmm. or knowing that their kids are going to grow up without a father, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and they stand in front of them and they say, yes, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't do that with a political Christianity. You don't do that with a mm-hmm. feel-good Christianity mm-hmm. or a seeker-sensitive Christianity. Mm-hmm. You, you just don't. And and I think that's part of the weird foundation that we've built lately, mm-hmm. that we go, if it's built on how you feel, if it's built on this cultural comfort that we've enjoyed as Americans mm-hmm. for generations, if it's built on this idea that, oh, America's great and blessed and everything that she does is going to work mm-hmm. out great. It's like, it's, that's not the case right mm-hmm. now. And and we all kind of feel it and know it to some extent, you know. And the question every church leader asks is, okay, well, how do how much do I talk about that? You know, how mm-hmm. like I do, I want transcendent gospel. I do want people to hear about Jesus in a new way. And and I think that there is this, that's why I said this, this, there's these kind of two people. There's the people that are burying their head in the sand because they're going, this is poking at something mm-hmm. in me that makes me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the pursuit of people not wanting to feel bad, a lot of us have empathy for that. And I mm-hmm. get that, you know. Um, but there's part of me that goes, well, I, th- I think some of that, and this is just a question I have with the Lord. This is by no means a, this is what's happening, but... Maybe the Lord's given us a little bit of pain. Um, maybe he's letting us feel a little bit of, um, how do I want to say it? A little bit of grief even to some extent. You know, as culture's changing and we go, wow, there's some things about America that were so bad. But like I think like I think about my kids and I go, well, I am kind of bummed. that Like the world I grew up in was a little more simple and there's this not, you know, they... They make a mistake and it's not like, oh, their friends heard it. It's that it gets immortalized in social media mm-hmm. now, you know, which I've experienced with with my son. He makes mm-hmm. a mistake and you go, it's now screen capped and everywhere, you know, like, right. so like these sort of things and, and you, you just say the wrong thing or you do the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. to put that pressure on a teenager or somebody who's like 12, you're mm-hmm. like, this is, this is sad. I'm so sorry mm-hmm. you're growing up in this sort of culture, you know. And so I think in this season, especially since 2020, I've allowed myself a certain level of grief, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've allowed myself a, hey, that's okay to feel sad about that. You know, um, it's okay to, um, it's okay to say, gosh, I-, I wish my kids were growing up in a simpler time, mm-hmm. or it was a lot easier to be a church leader 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in some ways, it really was. You yeah. Know? Um, but at the same time then that should push you into going, okay, well, the, the Christian side of me, maybe the American side of me is a little sad. Mm-hmm. Maybe the comfortable side of me, the yeah. Western Ryan is like, it's a bummer. Like, I, I wish I wish this wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. The Christian side of me, though, is just fine, <laughs> you know, like, right. and we need that. And I know it's like, I know it's not necessarily great. Like, I'm not advocating for, uh, you know, like bipolar Christians everywhere, but <laughs> yeah. a little bit of that is healthy. A little bit of that is like a, um, don't protect yourself from feeling sad mm. too much. Right. Like, like, let yourself feel a little sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's the, it's the goodness of the Lord to let us feel a little bit of pain mm-hmm. So that if something catastrophic does happen, 
And our neighbors who were like, they weren't paying attention to anything. They they were just going to work mm-hmm. and they weren't going to church. They didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, some bedrock thing in their life, like mm-hmm. the financial system or war mm-hmm. or whatever, something breaks out and they go, I haven't gone through any mourning for this. Mm-hmm. I think the Lord is preparing a certain amount of people, and I don't know if this makes sense, a certain amount of people to kind of go through the grieving now mm-hmm. so that they could be a strength for, for people later. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and and not and this is not a call for every Christian to just feel crappy all the time. Like that's not right. what I'm advocating for. Or even just like live with rose-colored glasses on. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's there. There's some beautiful in between. Right. Like we can't just live with rose-colored glasses. Like there, there's some phrases I hear people go, "Oh, I just don't pay attention to that stuff. I just trust the Lord with it." And you go, "Okay, I hear you." Mm-hmm. And that sounds really great. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an in between. I think there's an in between where you go, well, but also. Um, don't let the um, sort of sarcastic, snarky, mm-hmm. prideful part of America lull you into mm-hmm. thinking that we won't feel any pain again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not healthy for you either. Mm-hmm. And and I think that 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 I, again, I think it's the grace of the Lord to give it to us in this time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said discerning truth. This is this is so important for us to really discern, like. What are the things that I do need to pay attention to? And what are the things that I need to go, I don't, I don't need to worry about mm-hmm. that, you know? And I think that that's the real question. Those are right. the things that we're really asking ourselves. What do we look at that really does matter? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think if we could do anything universally that helps us in the next season, right. it's to have more of a kingdom-minded m- yeah. mindset. And I know it sounds like a bumper sticker, but it absolutely mm-hmm. has to become more than a bumper sticker right. for us in this season. It has to be a, Jesus, what did you say? Well, you said that we are going to be persecuted for our faith. Mm-hmm. Americans, maybe, maybe we got made fun of in a class. Like we, didn't, we haven't really gone through persecution yet. Does that mean that America is immune to persecution? Yeah. No. Well, that was going to be my big. Uh, of course not. That was going to be my big question. Was like, do you think Christians in America are actually persecuted, or are they feeling a certain maybe no. their comfortability threshold start to kind of feeling? <laughs> yeah, they're feeling their country, com- comfort comfortability threshold mm-hmm. lower. They're feeling shot across uh, shots across the right. bow, and I think uh, I think you could be in the camp of. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we've uh, endured so much persecution mm-hmm. in America. I'd say that's a Do you think it's, it's dis- do you do you think it's disingenuous? Well, I know the answer to this question. Sure. I'm setting it up like l- pretty loaded. <laughs> You're like but Ryan, like, answer this I guess, question. How about let's just switch it from a question to a statement. Great, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's disingenuous to fearmonger Christian like uh, for the sake of Christianity. 100%. And I felt like we I felt like we saw that a lot of that in the pandemic, yes. right? Like yeah. like we're not allowed to go to church anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, there were, you know, areas where that was true to a certain degree, but sure. it wasn't like, yeah. you know, the Gestapo is knocking on your door. Are you yeah. guys having church in there? You know, sure. it wasn't like yeah. that, right? Yeah. But yeah. but I think you said it so well was like, we're not immune to it, yeah. right? So, yeah. and I feel well, like... Well, that's a good example of like, mm. so like we're, we were taking that one, one week mm. at a time, you know, and I remember... Right. Uh, <laughs> This is not a story I've shared very often, but um, in the lead up to my last book coming out, mm-hmm. uh, there were some uh, leaders that were uh, in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and I got an invite from the White House mm-hmm. to come to the White House. Yeah. Uh, March 
25th, I think, 2020 was my invite date. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. So this was December 2019. You yeah. know? And I'm going, wow, this is nuts, you know. And, uh, and then quarantine happened. And it was like, holy crap, what just happened? Yeah. You know? And I remember, you know, you could say what you want about Trump or right. whatever. I was honored. I was honored to be invited to the White House. I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be so amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you wear when you go to the White House? Yeah, you know, yeah. Blake and I were like, I don't even know what to do, you know? Right. And as the days started getting closer and closer, it started to become real, like a hard realization. This is not going to happen. happen. This yeah. is not going to happen. Yeah. You know? Wasn't March and 23rd like... Grant like yeah like day zero I can't or remember I what can't it was rem- yeah it was yeah, like dude. literally a few days after that right. I was like this That's is nuts. not gonna yeah. happen and we were all trying to figure it out and I remember when we closed living streams and even to say closed is not necessarily mm-hmm. I think what we did but we mm-hmm. were very much listening to health officials mm-hmm. and going we don't know how bad this is yeah. and. And I remember um, instead of the visit to the White House, we got like a phone call. There's a, a group Zoom, of us. A yeah. Zoom link. Yeah, yeah we actually all little... didn't even get a Zoom link at the time. <laughs> nice. It was like Zoom wasn't even like up to speed yet. Yeah, yeah. So we got like a phone call and it was like Pence talked to us and then Donald Trump talked to mm-hmm. us and then a couple other people. And, and really what it was is, and the prevailing attitude was, we don't know. This thing looks like it has upwards to a 30% mortality rate. Mm -hmm. And that is insanely high, Mm -hmm. you know, and even if it's like, you know, lower, we, we still have to be so careful. Mm -hmm. So all of us said, okay, fine. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think at that time we made a lot of people upset and we were like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like this seems like, yeah, we, yeah. It was the beginning of the side picking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm picking a side as in air quotes. I mean, yeah. So, and then, and then to say something that is like, little more controversial, but then it was like, as COVID progressed, we realized, okay, well, it's hurting some people pretty bad, Mm -hmm. but for the rest of us, there's like, this is not a 30% mortality. This is a less than 1% mortality. So can we come back, Mm -hmm. but we'll do every, I mean, you remember this, every other row and we were wiping it down and everyone's wearing masks and all that. So then we open Mm -hmm. and people get mad at us again. And it was like a Gosh, this is, yep. and that was that was when we we did the bitter joke of I guess if everyone's mad at us, then we're probably yeah, doing the fine, right thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Now you know I would say it crossed the line when you look at places like Canada or a few of those other places sure. where you go, okay, well, at some point mm-hmm. when you do have the Canadian you know, military arresting mm-hmm. people for going to church and barricading the church and putting chains on it. That would start to cross a line for me mm-hmm. where I'd start to go, oh, wow, this is different. You know, this is, uh, and we didn't go, like in Phoenix, we didn't go through that. You know, uh, really most places in, in America didn't really go through that. Yeah, I, I so. hesitate to even comment like on that time period because we like, you know, church switched to online. So my job was very much important at that time. <laughs> yes. So um, yes. I, uh, you I, went wait. to like the, like the a peripheral character in our story <laughs> to like the central character in our whatever. story. No, no, not, yeah. Whatever. No, that was insane. Thank you very much. But oh. uh, the yeah, brain no, forgets I, pain, but we, we endured a lot of pain <laughs> in that season. <laughs> but and it, by it, we, I mean you. It just feels like uh, I, I hesitate to comment like on, you know, like there, I just, my job was incredibly, uh, like tasking at that yes. point, you yeah. know, me yeah. and Nick or so for sure. Yeah. And even you guys as leadership too, but it's such a, 
weird time period to discuss. And when people ask me, like, did you stay? Like, how did you, like, work yeah. from home with your job? It's like, I really didn't. Yeah. I mean, we came in with limited staffing or limited sure. people, you know, totally. we're, like, clicking people at the door, you know, no more than 15 oh. or and whatever. And I was trying to, like, test everyone's temperatures that yeah, came in, and yeah. it would say, like, error 90% of the time. I'm like, <laughs> these stupid things. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's a, it's a hard time to describe because I feel like, yeah. You know, while a lot of people were even laid off during that time, when I know a lot of people my age that were, yeah. or working from home, still working from home, um, I feel like I I never really got a break. <laughs> not that yeah. it, and not that it's a break. And here's the but, principle to learn from mm, that: you mm. remove the quarantine, you remove uh, Republicans and mm. Dem- like you remove all of that. The mm. thing to learn is that the world is not as stable as we think it right. is, and it can change fast. Mm-hmm. For some people, and I would say, um, depending on how much people's peace is wrapped into the stability of Mm -hmm. America, for some people, that realization is shocking. And for some people, Mm -hmm. that really knocks them loose Mm -hmm. emotionally. And I think 2020 knocked us all emotionally loose because we all learned that. Mm -hmm. We all said... Despite what you think about the pandemic, no matter what you think about politics, Mm -hmm. we learned this big lesson that things can change on a dime. Mm -hmm. And it affected us on a very deep level, Mm -hmm. whether we're aware of it or not. And since then, everybody, it's like, it's like everybody has a wound and they're walking around with it Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, no, I don't have a wound. I'm fine. You know, and you're like, Mm -hmm. but you look like you're bleeding. I don't know. It's fine. You know? Mm And we talked about that as a church. We, we dove into mental health and some of those things that are really important. Um, but I think primarily what it is, is it's a grace of God um, to remind us of the fragility of the systems of the world, mm-hmm. because that was never part of the deal. Like, Jesus never promised mm-hmm. that the systems of the world are always going to be around and we could rely on them like Well, clockwork. have they always failed? They like always we fail. Learn, we learn about empires coming, yes. you know, into the most powerful nations, yes. and then, you know, when there's a great rise, there's inevitably always yes. a great fall. Isn't that interesting, like even in mm-hmm. Rome and Roman yeah. culture, and toward the end of Roman culture, like their their money was stretched right. very thin, which sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. They became very obsessed with gender and dressing in the opposite gender, which is very interesting, right before the end of Rome. Mm-hmm. And you could sense that and and I'm not saying this is the end of America. I'm just right. I'm just saying like you can sense sometimes like where it's it's like we're on a bicycle mm-hmm. and we hit a rock in 2020 mm-hmm. and we're like oh oh well we're a little bit a little bit wonky mm-hmm. and I remember like teaching my kids and watching them ride the bike and they'd hit something and they'd get a little wonky yeah, and then yeah. you go are you gonna make it are you gonna make it mm-hmm. and then they'd bounce back right sometimes they wouldn't yeah and their right. tire would exactly. go more and yeah, more yeah. crazy yeah, and they'd start yeah. swinging further and further yeah. Yeah. and in some ways I feel like that's what we're feeling in our mm-hmm. culture right now like. It, the, the bike is swerving crazily, if we're being honest. And it's not the same way as 2020. It's not like, hey, I show up at work oh, yeah. and I'm preaching like preaching right. on Sunday. Like there is still a lot of normalcy. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, uh, spiritually, um, even geopolitically, things are starting to shift all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think as church leaders, a lot of times we think, oh, well, let's just ig- ignore it and preach through it. But I think this is one of those seasons where we have to preach into it. I think we have to go, hey, mm-hmm. we're all feeling this, right? You know, like, I'm not alone in feeling mm-hmm. this. And 
Um, and you you throw on things, take out geopolitics even. You throw mm-hmm. things like AI in there. You throw mm-hmm. things like, you know, technology uh, as it's going right now. Mm. And when you don't have a moral framework as a society, which we don't, we have a port- postmodern moral framework, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild, you know. And so this guy that's creating AI or, you know, I'm figuratively, I know there's many people right, working yeah, on yeah. AI, but these people that are working on AI, um, if this is a very great example of if morality is not a part of what they do, mm-hmm. we could be creating something that's incredibly powerful mm-hmm. and that's only gets its morals from us, mm-hmm. which is scary. <laughs> you're like, right. you are, you're getting right and wrong from mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so there's this ever increasing, and the way I said it is it's kind of like, um, this ever increasing moral chaos that we're seeing around us. I even don't want to use the word decay. It's not, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just kind of like the, like, I think it, like the, the, I'm sorry, like the baby boomer phrase for it would be like moral decay. And right. the, you know, yeah. I think it's a moral chaos. Mm-hmm. I think, th- and there's a difference, like. It's a, oh, we're over here now, and then we're over here now, and we're over here now, and we're over here now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can't keep up. Mm -hmm. And even the people who are on the leading edge of pop culture, and they're the most trendy people. How intersectional are you going to get, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, nobody lines up anymore. Mm. And this is the thing that's so hard. Alec and I talked about it in the last podcast, Mm. but we tend to think that there is a secular culture that's a lot more like, oh, you do what you want to do. You do you and Mm -hmm. all of that. And it's real gracious. And and actually it's a ruse and it's more judgmental than Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more graceless than Christianity. You say the wrong thing and you do, you step out of line Mm -hmm. in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You never get redemption again. You know, like you made a mistake Mm -hmm. and like I said, it gets immortalized in a screen cap or something. You can never pay or atone for that sin. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is our culture right now, you know? And so everybody's walking on eggshells. They know Mm -hmm. if I say something out of bounds or I say something that's in bounds, but in two years it's out of bounds, Mm -hmm. which I don't know what that's going to be. I might be out, you know? And how of the enemy is that? And I think that that's ultimately like, why are we trying to discern truth? Um, Because there are systems of the world that are graceless on us. Mm -hmm. There are systems of the world that we think that in a postmodern thought is like, oh, the free flowing hippie, you just do whatever you want. What we're realizing is that was a lie. Mm -hmm. Eventually that leads to a place where they need the government to make it happen. They Mm -hmm. need whatever it is to reinforce these new morals that they've built. Mm -hmm. And there is a moral code in America and it's not a Christian moral code. Mm-hmm. And for Christians to understand that, I think there's so many people that are like white knuckling, you know, 4th of July version of America. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. we're all together. Right. It's so great. And, yeah. and there's there's some of us that are going, those days are they're, they're well, gone. And, and now, know? well, I would even say that's even reactionary now, sure. right? Because yep. we're seeing such a an opposite comparison to that, right? Where it's like, 
you know, like the forefather, whatever. I mean, there's yeah. there's truth to some of this, but like, you know, yeah. your, our forefathers, as far as America, racist, you know, and, sure. and they yes. were, uh, you know, and then you have the patriotic, that fourth, like they were yeah. all Christians, which wasn't true, yes. you know, yeah. like, yeah. so you get this like weird modulated sense of like, um, you know, like uh, uh, a reactionary, you know, based on either side. Yeah. I don't know. It, me- it, mel- it melts my brain, yes. honestly. And that's why it's so easy for me to fall into that apathetic, sure. apolitical. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's, and I, and I can get that. And I mm-hmm. think you could go too far in it. And right. sometimes it's like, you have to kind of go, okay, who, is there a voice of somebody who's paying attention mm. that I can trust right. that will edit some of that for me? Yeah. You know, And in some ways, I felt like that responsibility because I know I'm a person who really pays attention. Mm-hmm. And out of the 8,000 things that I would see that I'd go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's like two that I'm like, okay, we really should look at those. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think for, for, for those of us that are trying to find truth, we have mm-hmm. to do that. But the the framework for understanding truth. So I think even, you know, when you look at phrases that's thrown around like Marxism, and right. that's Marxist, mm-hmm. and and then there's some some organizations that come out and go, yeah, we are Marxist. No, mm-hmm. what's the problem with that? You know, if you study the life of Marx, you start to go, this guy's horrible, like mm. just horrible, like. He had suicide packs with his kids. Like he was mm-hmm. encouraging them to commit suicide mm-hmm. and all of these things. Like just the more you dive into the morality, mm-hmm. the morality of this guy, you go, this is not something we should follow, right. you know? And I think that that's the key. Like when we're trying to discern like we got to go to the root systems mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Who is it that's saying these things? Right. And what what's the fruit of their life? Mm-hmm. And as Christians, I do think right now we have to be real careful and real discerning. And so I started thinking of like last last um, last week, I started thinking like, what are some moral frameworks for us, you know? And one that I talked about on Sunday was the, the deception framework, which is really looking at Genesis chapter three and going, mm-hmm. okay, the playbook of the enemy is not new. Right. Like, yeah, we have the internet. That doesn't matter. <laughs> The enemies of the the lies of the enemy have, have pretty been pretty much been consistent. Mm-hmm. Did God actually say, you know, mm-hmm. like second guessing God, second guessing mm-hmm. whether he has our best interests at heart, second right. guessing did he actually say that thing? Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of deep seated that's hard to even put into words. There's this deep seated deception mm-hmm. that that phrase and it's so much more effective than don't believe God, he's an idiot. Yeah. You know, like did he really say that? You know, right. like that is that hits the heart mm. in such a deeper way mm. than any other question. Right. Um, and when you hear those sort of things coming up, you mm. go, okay, well, I'm starting to sniff something out, you know. And then when he says, you will not surely die, you know, this is a phrase that really is bringing into question the judgment of God, mm. which we hate. Postmodern Christians, I hate to say it this way. Postmodern Christians don't want to talk about Satan. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about judgment. We don't like that stuff. And we're like, isn't isn't it easier to just kind of mm-hmm. not talk about that? You know, when you say postmodern yes. Christians, is that synonymous with like progressive Christianity? Maybe. Yeah, okay. I think progressive Christianity is the fruit of postmodernism le- leaking into the church. Okay. But like in yeah. the way that we are talking about right. the you do you, but when I don't you want say to make you uncomfortable. Are, are you kind of inf- inferring yes. maybe progressive? I think so. Theology. Too. Yes, okay. I think so. I think like. That John Mark Comer line of mm-hmm. 
progressive theology is often oh, the last yeah, step before yeah, post Christianity. Yeah, you know? so yeah, 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 secular. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it really is, and it's something to watch out for mm-hmm. um, because it sounds really good, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen people succumb to that. And Alec mm-hmm. and I talked about it a lot in that last podcast, but. I've seen very well-meaning Christians that mm-hmm. love the Lord and love people mm-hmm. pick up a new book and go, oh, wow, that's interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. And now as Christians, we're not anti-information. We're not anti that. Like, mm-hmm. we should have an answer to our faith. But mm-hmm. when we do that alone, we are inviting the enemy to come separate mm-hmm. us from the herd. What do you, what do you, you mean know? when you say alone? Without what? So without... Without a community around you to go, mm-hmm. well, hey, you know, I have heard about that book. Be mm-hmm. careful. And a lot of times we get okay. snarky about it. People right. will be like, oh, the Enneagram's from Satan, you know. And, and Okay, fine. Um, yeah, that's a whole other Yeah, that's a whole yeah, other yeah. conversation. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Um, but, you know, I've gained some great things from the Enneagram. I can also hear Uh-oh. people say, oh. Just kidding. But I can also hear people say, well, the roots of it are this, right. and maybe you should be careful of it mm-hmm. and go, as a Christian, I need to remove the snarkiness out of mm-hmm. me and just go... Yeah, maybe that is the case. Yeah. And maybe there's something else I could lean into. Yeah. You know? I'm also an INFJ. I could do that too. That's fine. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't have to be an Enneagram theory. Well, it's kind of like, that idea of like everything is problematic, right? Yes, like yeah. if you like something, it's like, I like Hershey's. It's like, did you know the Hershey's company in <laughs> yeah. 1937 killed like, but, you're like But okay. what we can't do is allow like right. to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Some right. of that is actually really good. Oh, for sure. I'm challenging yeah. you on yes. something you're yes. saying. Yes. Is that biblical? Yeah. Is that good? Right. Just so you know, did you know the history of this right. thing? Or do you understand the nuance? or the yes. tension that lives between yeah and, right and a humble open-handed Christian goes oh interesting mm-hmm. well let me take that to the Lord that mm-hmm. is interesting maybe I should be careful of that you right. know um, and I think that that is like the pro- progressive Christianity is built on this idea of like ah come on ah don't make a big deal out of it yeah. oh we don't want to be a Karen about things like and I and, mm-hmm. and I understand that that's like we we've had a lot of that happen I've had. Mm-hmm. Karen Christians come to me and light mm-hmm. me up about things that I go, oh, come on, you know, mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, the iron sharpens iron of community. Mm-hmm. The The challenge of community is really helpful and mm-hmm. beautiful. When you pick up a book and you go, oh, Brian McLaurin is yeah. saying this very interesting thing. And to have somebody... <laughs> had a visitor. It's all good. Yeah, we had a visitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to have somebody to say, hey, uh, but did you know that Brian McLaurin also said this and this and this? Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, okay, interesting, right. you know, um, because we're not all knowing. Mm-hmm. None of us are. Well, we're seeing it with pastors on yeah. Instagram, you know, I yeah. mean, like uh, just uh, not a, not an opinion. Although if you want to hear my opinion, I will. But um, <laughs> uh, maybe not right now. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, like Mike Todd at Transformation is, is sure. getting, you know, a lot of yes. heat right now for... totally. You know, maybe and ap- you could argue apologizing about... for the laws of God. I don't know yeah. why he made it like this. I wish it were different. Yes, right? yeah, so, totally. Yeah, and I do think it's like, and again, for a preacher, there's a reason why um, preaching takes so much out of people who preach because mm-hmm. um, the Bible warns not many people should want to preach. I don't want to preach because you are responsible for the things that come out of your mouth. Yeah. Why, and if well, you say... I just not... I didn't want to share yes. my opinion on Mike Todd yeah, just so, now. And, so. and, but I'll just say this again. Yeah, like when Mike Todd said that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is a great venue to talk about this. When Mike Todd said that, I go, oh, bummer. You you missed it. Yeah. You, you, you should have... Mm. There were some things you could have done to help, again, not just to be sensitive to people... Mm-hmm 
who are more progressive than you or don't right. like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Again, it's seeker sensitive that's right. leading you into this place of actually saying something kind of deceptive mm-hmm. of going, I wish God made it clear. Yeah. You go, well, he, he did. You, you just don't like it. And yeah. I get it. We can talk about that. And right. it's a nuanced thing. There are people oh, that are going sure. through sin and that we walk them through that mm-hmm. and but to stand in front of the pulpit and to say that, mm-hmm. you're responsible for it. So right. now you got to either clean it up. So mm-hmm. we had a situation happen um, uh, like a month or two ago, and somebody on our team said something that seemed like it was like theologically a little off. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there in service, and I knew I was speaking after this person, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to say something. I right. know I got to say something. And, and uh, why? Because mm-hmm. not because I'm trying to... It's not. It's not. Um, uh, it's not like uh, what is this? This for, uh, it's not virtue signaling. Right, right, right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not virtue signaling. It's not just checking the box mm-hmm. of politics or whatever. Right. It is for the sake of clarity and the mm-hmm. people that are in front of us in church. We mm-hmm. have a responsibility mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, this thing was said," and we don't fully agree right. with that, and mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah. You know, I just and think the, back to when you you know said. Clarity is kindness. You yeah. Know? Yes. And we're not so judging important. them and saying, yeah. hey, you can't speak at a church anymore. Because right. I know this person and they're like, I don't, I knew that they just came out sloppy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it coming out sloppy is the responsibility of a mm-hmm. church leader to make sure that we reduce how often that happens. Oh, yeah. So you've got to think through these things. How mm-hmm. am I going to say that? You know? And so I think that that sort of, that framework in our culture right now is vital. So mm-hmm. you've got like the, I'm going to come back to that frame, the, 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 the moral framework of discernment. Mm-hmm. So there's the the deception framework in Genesis three. Um, I think that's pretty simple. You know, the last one is you will be like God, right. which is postmodernism, really kind of in a nutshell. Like right. you are responsible right. your for your own truth is and your you reality, make it. Yeah. and you make yeah. your own reality. Yeah. And your experience is your reality and yes, the truth. Right. Yeah, and you can't speak to my truth. You know, right. because and so that's pretty classic postmodernism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the enemy comes in right mm. away and goes, you'll be like God. You'll know all right. the stuff like him. Right. And Christians should be wary of that mm-hmm. message. Like, of course I'm not God. Mm-hmm. Like, that I should be some sort of purveyor of truth mm-hmm. is silly. Like, I, I need a higher standard to look at. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we see culture doing that. They're going, oh, we don't know where to look. So maybe it's pop culture is our higher standard mm-hmm. for what's right and wrong. And right. Uh, they're not tethered to anything, but we as Christians are. And so that's actually a really peaceful place to be, to go, mm-hmm. oh, well, let me study the Bible. Now the Bible's messy on a lot of things, and there's right. not like a, you could pull this first out of context, sure. Um, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit, and we have other Christians in our life. Like this is, right. God's given us everything that we need mm-hmm. if we don't throw those things away. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. the Holy Spirit's there to give you discernment. Yeah, Don't... <laughs> Don't step all over the Holy Spirit. Don't like discount right. it. Don't don't like. I mean, there's so many Christians that are like, I read the Bible every day, and it's like, but do you listen to the Holy right. Spirit too? Right. Like, do you sit down and go, Lord, what do you what do you want to say to me mm. today? And I'm going to listen. I I'm heard. not bringing my list of wants, and mm-hmm. I want to listen to what you have to say, mm-hmm. because we have that that helper, mm-hmm. that discerner living inside of us. Right. So you got the Bible, you got the you got the Holy Spirit, and you've got community and people going, "Hey, did you know that there's mm-hmm. this, you know, some pagan roots to this thing?" And then between you and the Holy Spirit yeah. and the Word of God, you could go, "Oh, actually, maybe that is a big deal, right. and maybe I shouldn't do that." Right. You know, um, that that is the framework for discernment for the right. Christian. You know, hmm. so the other framework 
and uh, Nancy Piercy in her other book. So this Finding Truth is a book that I would really recommend. Um, she talks a lot about even the roots of like political correctness and all right. sorts of things. Uh, she has another one. Um, gosh, what is it called? Something Truth. I don't know. I'll think uh, about it. Finding, it's not finding truth. It's I was gonna be like actually it's this and then I actually totally, actually <laughs> let me just look it up. Yeah, just look, look up Nancy Pierce. But but her other book, yeah, it, it like she talked about how when you start looking at and I said this on Sunday morning and I just I feel like this needs to be Total said truth. again. Total truth. There mm-hmm. it is. There's really no such thing as pure secularism. It just right. it just doesn't exist. Yeah, we worship something. Yeah, that we can live in this this religiously sort of sterile environment is a uniquely Christian idea or uniquely American idea mm-hmm. in the last couple of you know, maybe the last generation or two. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, if we could just create this environment in pop culture and movies right. and you know, even social media on Amazon, like mm-hmm. if we have eyes to see, we start to see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. If they just remove religion, a.k.a. Christianity, ultimately, if you remove that, we can have this sterile environment that we are never challenged or mm-hmm. uncomfortable, mm-hmm. And, and it's just not true. Mm-hmm. And, as, and you could say what you want about it, but as we've removed uh, you know, religious foundations in, in, te- in, in our teaching system, as we've gone to like public schools and away mm-hmm. from pi- private schools, as we've gone to this sort of model of... That's remove Christianity from everywhere. Mm-hmm. We created a vacuum that's now being filled with things. Kind of like I was saying, like all of a sudden Anthony Blinken is saying stuff. You're like, you're the secretary of the state. Why are mm-hmm. you pressuring these nations to believe this thing? Yeah. Well, because th- without Jesus in there, it's being backfilled by idols. And I said this line that really, for me, it was like mind blowing. And I read it on Sunday. I'm like, nobody's mind is blown by it. That's okay. This is for me then. But Christianity is not the response to secularism. It's the response to idolatry always. So mm-hmm. to battle secularism is really battling the, the fruit of the main issue, mm-hmm. which is idolatry that's seeping into our culture. And we create space for that idolatry when we back out. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, a, there's a difference between, you know, like uh, the sort of moral majority, sort of Republican view of right. injecting it. I think it's something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's centered on, like, like parents are a great example right mm-hmm. now. Parents are leaving the public school system and they are leaning into private schools. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is a very logical, reasonable response as a Christian parent to say, hey, if you're going to teach my kid things that are really confusing for them mm-hmm. uh, and things that I deeply disagree with mm-hmm. and you're not going to care about it, then I have to take my child somewhere else. Right. And that sort of personal responsibility that a lot of times we attach to republicanism or whatever, mm-hmm. it actually really is a Christian idea of saying, I am responsible for my kids. I'm responsible for my community. I'm responsible for my relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to blame other people. It's easy to push that off. But the sort of counter response that we're seeing, and it's important because what we are starting to see is this, again, another framework for discernment for Christians. And that framework that 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 Nancy Piercy talks about is the counterfeit gospel framework. Mm-hmm. Now she says it's three things: creation, fall, and redemption. Right. I added a fourth one in there because I started to see this <laughs> a lot more. So it's creation, fall, sacrifice, redemption. Mm. So this idea that we are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. 
we have a fall that happens. Right. Uh, we fall from the grace of God that we could never really measure up to anyway. Mm-hmm. A sacrifice is needed throughout the entire Old Testament, comes to fruition fully through Jesus, the Messiah, who makes the ultimate sacrifice. Then he raises from the dead and he brings redemption to all of us who have made mistakes, but here we are, we've atoned for, for or we've, we've accepted the atonement for our sins, mm-hmm. and now we're standing in good standing with Jesus. And to think that that's the only place that that story is told is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. There is a, a counterfeit of that mm-hmm. being told in our popular culture. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to use an example that might be a tiny bit offensive. Um, I think I, it's mostly built on something good, um, but it slipped sideways recently. And I would say environmentalism is a really good snapshot of this in play in our current culture. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is environmentalism wrong? No. Are we called to like just pollute the planet? No, absolutely. Yeah, We're called right. to take care of the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. But the, the creation story of environmentalism is that there was this pristine earth that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. And these really ugly creatures showed up called humans, mm. and we started really messing it up. Right. And then we started getting more greedy, and we started destroying right. the world even mm-hmm. more. And Mother Earth, this pristine thing, right. we are now des- destroying. And now we have to atone for that by paying a lot more high taxes. We right. have to sacrifice how much we drive to work. We need to have less children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to maybe not have any children for the sake of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to do this. And ultimately, it's led us to this idea that the fall is human's fault. So we are a cancer Mm -hmm. on this beautiful thing that we call Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. What do you do with cancer? You get rid of it. You do everything you can to get rid of it. So then all of a sudden, it's, it's crossed into this line where we go, you're the problem. Mm -hmm. You're, you're wrong. Like you're Mm -hmm. evil. And, and you get to this point where the redemption of that sacrifice and everything leads us to, like Jeff Bezos said this thing, and I thought, this is so clarifying. It's everybody listening to him. He said, you know, one day, the reason he's doing Blue Horizon and all this stuff, he's like, one day, if we could get humans off the earth mm-hmm. and they could stop like trashing it, yeah. we get every human off of earth mm-hmm. and then some of us get to come back and visit this beautiful place occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That is, for them, the new heaven and the right. new earth. The yeah, new heaven yeah. and the new earth is yeah. get out of there because you are destroying Mother Earth right, and you are right. horrible. And you, and you go, you think the message of mm-hmm. like Christianity up until that point is rough. That right. is a... Re- Honestly, there's no redemption in it. Right, yeah. The, the redemption is, is that you go away because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are evil, you know? Right. And again, some of this is a little bit of an over-characteristic of it, but it's becoming more and more like that. Mm-hmm. And so this, again, is a framework for Christians to look at and we go, okay, is environmentalism wrong? No, absolutely not. Are we called to take care of the environment? Yes. But when it becomes this religious idea that mm-hmm. starts to push me into thinking, humans are cancer, right. I, I, have to, I have to take a step back and go, ooh, I got to be careful not to let that into my heart too much. Right. Like that, that actually doesn't seem right. conducive to the gospel, right. which is people were created in the image mm-hmm. of God. Right. We're very valuable. Mm-hmm. We're not a cancer. Right. Like there's something about each one of us that God thinks is beautiful mm-hmm. and worth giving his son for. Like this is a deeply Christian idea that we right. can't allow pop culture to push that out right, in right. the name of going, oh, well, if you don't mm-hmm. care about, if, if you care about the environment, then you don't, yeah. you know. 
And that is where I think, again, th- these are frameworks for discernment. Mm-hmm. And I love this line. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, uh, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what's so key for Christians in this time, mm-hmm. uh, that we have to discern the almost right. Mm-hmm. You know, that is... That is the thing that if it's off just a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. that compass is off just a little bit. I was uh, reading a story. I think it's the Andrea, Andrea, Andrea Doherty, Doria. I don't, I don't remember. It's an, no like a famous book boat that crashed. Yeah. Okay. And the boat crashed and basically its compass was off by a tiny, oh, tiny right. bit. Mm-hmm. And it crashed into another boat. Mm-hmm. And because he didn't set his compass right, he ended up crashing into this other boat. And you go, well, that compass is off a tiny bit. And in you know, a mile, it's not really that big of a right. deal. But in three or four hundred oh, miles, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, you are oh, off sure. significantly, right. you know. And I think that's why it's the the almost right. And that's why I pointed something like environmentalism, because we go, oh, it's almost right. right. It's, it's almost there. But we have to be so careful. It's indicative, again, and then what is the idol in that belief system? Mm-hmm. Well, Mother Earth is kind of the idol in that belief system. Right. And if you hear people nowadays, they talk about the universe, or the universe is right. like... And Mother Earth and all these things. Ultimately, it's kind of like a, for whatever reason, our pop culture has become more comfortable depersonalizing God. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Removing this personalization of God. And it's just this sort of force that's out there. It's this yeah. universe. It's the Mother Earth. It's well, the can whatever. you really blame them? Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it's not like, I mean, obviously we have Jesus like embodied, right? But sure. like, it, like God is... Um, it's like you can't see him. Uh, sure, you know totally. what I mean. Like, like. Well, and then, just... but what Nancy Piercy says, and again, mm-hmm. and, th- and this is where the ad- idolatry sneaks into it. And this is a quote from Nancy Piercy that I love. She said, "When we define God as something instead of someone, mm-hmm. we tend to treat humans as somethings too." Yeah. Ultimately, what we believe about God starts to seep into what we think about humans, mm-hmm. and you see that it's like, okay, if Mother Earth is your main priority, humans are not very high in your priority. Mm-hmm. You're like. You're hurting this thing that we think is pristine and beautiful mm-hmm. without you, and actually, you should probably just go away. You know, these are this, this one example in like myriad of right. examples right. of where our culture sounds almost right, right, and it starts to to, to leak into the church too. Mm-hmm. And we go, well, I'm you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. You know, at some point though, it's like we have to know mm-hmm. those boundary conditions and go, mm-hmm. hey, you're starting to encroach into my belief system here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter how popular it is. It doesn't matter how much people are saying it. And I think it's a deeply Christian thing uh, to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. I think Christians should go, hmm, let me sniff that out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. You think that that's true. Let me look into that a little bit more. Right. You know, uh, the pursuit of truth. Like I said in the beginning, right. all truth is God's truth. So if we believe that, then we are going to pursue the things that's that's true in any given right. circumstance and go, oh, well, interesting. You say that this is the case, but I want to look into it more. I want to look into that. Like, mm-hmm. And there should be something about us that we should be wary of the, the enemy and wary of the world. And that's ultimately where I landed on Sunday is we are in a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. We're not battling... Joe Biden, we're not battling Donald Trump, we're not battling mm-hmm. uh, even postmodernism or these sort of things. Yes, we are, and yes, mm-hmm. we should be wary. What we really are up against, though, is an enemy that's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and his plan is very simple. It's to steal, to kill, and destroy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Jesus said. Yeah, like, yeah. 
he's going to take things. He's going to steal from the gospel and he's going to make a counterfeit. He's going to destroy humans. That's what right. he wants to do. Right. He deeply hates humans created in the image of God. Right. Like if we downplay the fact that we're up against an enemy, mm-hmm. I think we do ourselves a deep disservice and we start to kind of blind, blindly trust things in the world as right. if there's not an enemy in the absence of the Holy Spirit, as if there's not an enemy that's trying to sneak in mm-hmm. there and create belief systems that steal from people, that kill right. them, that destroy mm-hmm. who they are deep down. And that's where the church has such an opportunity. Yeah. And ultimately, this is, where, this is my hope as we're getting further into the series. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity um, to encourage one another, to remind one another that our faith is actually a reasonable faith. Yeah. And I come from like, and I think that the, the benefit is I came from a deeply skeptical of Christian perspective, mm-hmm. a deeply, you know, the Bible's fairy tale. That was, that was what, how I kind right. of grew up thinking, right. you know? And eventually I started to realize, no, there's actually a lot of reasonableness mm-hmm. here. And my eyes were opened to the fact that I was deeply deceived. Mm-hmm. And I said this on Easter, but I, as, as the hard times I've gone through as a Christian, and there's been some really hard times. They weren't easy, and I don't want to gloss over it and say, mm-hmm. oh, because the Holy Spirit was there. It was all A-OK, you know? Right. There was a lot of hard times. Um, but they pale in comparison to how lonely I felt as mm-hmm. a child in a, a sort of atheist mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to explain the fact that when you're depressed, when you're dark in a dark place in that in that realm as mm-hmm. an atheist, you have nowhere to go. Right. You have nothing to turn to. Mm-hmm. And deep down, I knew, I'm like, I'm wired for something different, but mm-hmm. I just don't know what it is. Right. And I think for, for Christians, there's two sides to it. One, we want to be an encouragement on one another. We want to challenge one another like we were talking about, right. iron sharpens iron. Um, but we also want to stick out to the world around us, and we also want to live a life that um, that can rise above and walk on the chaos of our times. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're all deeply after. And whether you pay attention to politics, or whether you pay attention to the world, what's going on or not, we're all wanting that. We mm-hmm. all want to tread on the chaos a little right. bit. And I will say say this, and maybe this is a, the best way to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um. In Ephesians, it says that we have everything in the spiritual realm that we need, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have everything that the we need. The full armor of God. Yes, we have yeah. the full armor of God. But yeah. in Ephesians, when it's like, you have everything in the in the heavenly realms that mm-hmm. you need. Jesus has provided it yep. for you. And so when we look at the times we live in, and we hear things like World War III, mm-hmm. or we hear things like financial collapse, or we hear things like whatever, whatever ideology that's freaking us out or stressing us out, we have to know that we were placed on the earth at this time for a reason. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, Jesus believes that you and I and Mm -hmm. people that are listening are equipped for what we need in this next season. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, our job is not to say the next season is going to be great. Your best days are ahead. Like that's that's not our job. Our job is to say, even if you have some really rough times ahead, the kingdom of God is stronger than anything yeah. that the world has to yeah. throw at you. Yeah. It's the only thing that we can... Re- literally, it's the only thing we can hold on to. Mm-hmm. It's the raft that's been given to us. And the fact that God has equipped us for it, mm-hmm. that he's going to take care of us, mm-hmm. that in the moment of, let's say, 
war breaks out, or let's say something happens, the worst thing that you could think of, the, the Lord will supply what you need mm-hmm. in that season to not only handle right. it, but to more than conquer it. Yeah. That is the promise of God. And isn't that like the paradigm of the entire Bible? And even <laughs> yeah. like the revelation, you know, this, the, like the, we see on Facebook, like we're in the end times. And it's like, sure. all right, let's yeah, okay. But isn't that Calm like down. the transcendent paradigm of like yeah. the Bible is yes. like, no matter, because like people have had these exact conversations that we're having, yes. you know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, 40, 50 years ago, not on yeah. a podcast, but... Yeah, 2,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's We've it's been in always, the latter days, yeah. you know, we've <laughs> yeah. been in the latter days since Jesus left. And it's right. true, there's this delineating yeah. point when Paul says we're in the latter days, we are in the latter days. Right. Now, what does the Bible say about that? It says, well... Live like it's going to exactly. be tomorrow anyway. That's the paradigm. Always. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah, the paradigm. Yeah, like, that's the paradigm. So yeah. there's a part of you where you're like, well, all right, you know, yeah. like, okay, you think it's the end times. Right. And there's another part of you that's like, could be. I don't know. Yeah. My, my job is to live like it. Like, like it, it always could, is. Yeah. Like it Ex- always is. Yeah, know? exactly. I, yeah. I, yeah. That's such a... I, I think that's encouraging and yeah. helpful. <laughs> yes, I, don't, I think so too. I don't know, I don't know how maybe, anybody yeah, listening to this is going to feel with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do think like, yeah. our, you know, and our, our, our job as church leaders is to not give um, mm-hmm. false hope. Our job is not to go, oh, hey, hold on. It's, okay. it's going to be all okay and mm-hmm. nothing bad will happen. Right. That would be us neglecting right. that would, uh, our, our job. Right. And our job is not to get people so whipped up and scared that they all move out yeah. into the middle of nowhere. And, you know, like, yeah. there is an in-between. Mm-hmm. There's an in-between. And it's good to be prepared for the season that could mm-hmm. be coming, mentally, physically, even, you know, spiritually, even physically. Like, mm-hmm. hey, get a little extra food or something. All that's a good idea. We don't need to be succumb, overcome with fear or anything right. like that. Anxieties. Um, no, it's not. That's not what it is. Right. But we're innocent as doves, but wise as serpents. Yeah. And we look at our times and we go, "I don't trust you." Yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's going in a good spot. I can control my reaction and my little sphere here, right. or I could vote for something. There's a little bit of control I exert. Ultimately, these are the times that we remember we're not in control. Right. <laughs> Americans don't love to hear that. We're not in control. God is in control. And if it's going to slip sideways, it's not because he's forgetting us or, right. or forsaking us. Right. He's going to catch us in that in, in any season that mm-hmm. we find us ourselves in. Um, but to wrap our hope into mm-hmm. the systems of the world in this season, from my my little opinion, <laughs> is it's a mistake. Don't wrap your don't wrap your mm-hmm. trust and your hope and your reliance on the systems of the world wrap it into the kingdom mm-hmm. and make that statement not a bumper sticker in your right. life. Make it something where you go, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Now, for each one of us, it means something a little bit different, but it's built on a, a biblical foundation. It's okay. built on a Holy yeah. Spirit foundation. Yeah. It's built on a, a church that supports and challenges and everything else to you. Mm-hmm. If you've got those things, then you have what yeah. you need in this Well, I was season. actually going to ask you, like, so we're talking a lot about, like, this idea of, like, you know, walking, treading upon chaos, right? Like, that's what we need to be doing. So, yes. like, practically what I'm hearing from you is, like, uh, read your Bible. Yeah. Pray, listen to the Holy Spirit, yes. and then surround yourself with really good community. It's always been it's always been that recipe. Right. And in some ways, we feel kind of snarky, like <laughs> yeah, read yeah. your Bible. And well, I'm we like, become yes. stale to it, and we hear yeah. you know, um, like uh, kind of a strong word, but like perverted versions of some of those things. You sure, know? totally. So, yes, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. And I think that that's where, um, as church leaders, what I'm hoping for, and and church leadership, our job has always been to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Yes, and we, yeah, we've been saying yeah. that a lot the yeah. last two years. Um, 
And Living Streams, we're doing the best to walk that out. Mm -hmm. Like our job is not to spoon feed you things so that you become more and more reliant on us to help you mm -hmm. translate the Bible. Right. That is not the... Our, our hope is, is that you come and you feel part of a community, right. that you feel like there is some leadership that's listening to the Holy Spirit, giving giving us some insight, right. some food for thought, some yeah. things to discuss as a community. Um, and that is ultimately what our job is. Mm -hmm. And then to release people to do ministry, mm -hmm. just like we are released to do ministry. Right. I have a job to do ministry on Sunday morning, and I speak to a bunch of people on Sunday. At the end of the day, though, I go home and I've got neighbors that come and hang out, and I've got some people that don't know Jesus in my yeah, life. Yeah. My sphere of actual influence mm -hmm. is way smaller than the crowd on Sunday morning, you know? Absolutely. So for everybody to understand that, like, mm -hmm. hey, that's the safest place to be in this next season. Mm -hmm. Lord, what's the ministry you're calling me to? What are my neighbor's names? Maybe you don't know them. And you're like, okay, well, that's a small thing. I could go bring them cookies or something. You know, like, there, there's it's so much grace in it. There's so right. much, like, at easeness in it. Mm -hmm. of like, okay, Lord, what have you put in my hands Help me to steward it really yeah. well. I, I, you know. I mean, and maybe we can wrap it up after this, but I look <laughs> I know at we've our, been saying I, we're going to wrap up for like 10 minutes. <laughs> but I look at our, you know, community of believers and stuff, and yeah. some of like the strong, I mean, not to uh, negate the incredible staff that we have in, yeah. as vocational ministers sure. on, you know, staff at this church, great, but great like, staff, yeah. I think a really good like tell of the fruit of your discipleship at your you know, church is like, if you can spot like three to four people in your congregation that don't work at your church, that yes. seem to be like the most like biblically literate, yes. <laughs> you know, like I, I look at someone like Peter King, you yes, know what I totally, mean? He's yeah. like um, an amazing guy, yes. you know, or, you know, Daniel uh, Riccio yeah, Daniel and some Riccio, of these guys are like, right, hey, you right. have more accolades than I do, yeah, more reason yeah. to do it, you know? Yeah. And that is yeah. so key. That yeah. is really important. Right. So, I mean, our hope really with the rest of the series, and we're going to be doing more of these sort of live podcast mm -hmm. type things, but our hope for all of you that are watching, and thanks for watching <laughs> this lo nice long podcast, um, but we're going to be doing this kind of a little bit more long form thought. And mm -hmm. if you're nerdy like me, I talked about my nerdiness. Um, this is, this is good for us to kind of dive into and discuss. Um, if you have any questions, uh, we're going to be referring to some of these, and the, the address is ask at livingstreams.org. Uh, we set it up for you to ask mm -hmm. questions, uh, theology questions. It's not yeah. so much Bible, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bible-based questions, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, uh, but um, if you have any questions you'd like for us to address in the next month or so, mm -hmm. um, and if you stumbled onto this podcast from a year from now or something, then we're, I don't know what we're going to be doing at that point. I don't but know either. Uh, the next week or so, you know, email us, uh, ask at livingstreams.org, or in the next month or so um, as we're going through this series. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you got any thoughts, comments, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure and email us. Um, yeah, have a good day. <laughs>